Well, it's good to see you tonight. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Brian. I pastor our Belmont location. And a few years ago, when we had the opportunity to uh, start talking about renovating that building, Val and Dennis came to us and they said, you know, we were married in that building, right? And our children were dedicated in that building. And so it's amazing to hear all that God has done. I've never heard that story before, but thankful to God with you for all that he has done and continues to do. Well, we're about to experience what, in my mind, uh, maybe, maybe not in your mind, but in my mind, I'll tell you, is, is an iconic moment in the history of this church, and I'll tell you why. And I want you to think, you know how sometimes there's iconic moments in history? I want you to think, like Neil Armstrong walking on the moon, and the, the U.S. beating the USSR, and, and the Olympics, the Berlin Wall coming down, those sorts of moments. That's what I, I feel like we're about to have happen, because I have known the people that are about to come share a testimony here for many years. Uh, in fact, uh, when, I, when I married my wife, I became related to these people, uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, and I've known them a long time. And one of the things I've known about, especially my brother-in-law, Mike, for a long time, is he has said to me, there will never be a situation in which I will ever get up in front of this church and do anything, ever. But you know what I think about? You know what I think about? You know the disciples, when Jesus was on the cross, they were nowhere to be found. You know that story? When Jesus was on the cross, they were nowhere to be found. But you know what happened after his resurrection, early on in the life of the church? They started shouting in the streets all that God had done. And in Acts chapter 4, there's this moment where the disciples are told by the rulers, you can no longer do this. And the disciples say back to the religious leaders, we can't stop talking about all that we've seen and heard. And God did something in Mike and Melissa's life recently that they're here to share with you. And the reason they're here is because it's so big that despite whatever feelings they might have had before, they can't stop talking about what God has done. So would you welcome Mike and Melissa D'Agostino as they come to share. Thank you for that, Brian. <laughs> so, as Brian mentioned, I am Mike, and this is my wife, Melissa. Melissa and I grew up going to church, and we were both blessed with great parents that provided a very comfortable upbringing. We met in college at Southeastern University. We got married in 2009, and were blessed with our first son, Maddox, in 2015. Life was perfect. As time went by, we knew we wanted to continue to grow our family, and we found ourselves in a new season of trials and loss that we hadn't experienced before. In the summer of 2017, we were able to get pregnant and it seemed like a normal pregnancy. We found out we were having a boy who we were naming Miles Steven and we were overjoyed with the idea of two young boys in our family. At about 19 weeks, I went in for a routine ultrasound and I was told at that appointment that there was no heartbeat. They also told me that it looked like the baby had passed at about 15 weeks. I felt shocked devastated and didn't quite believe what the doctor was telling me. A few days earlier, we had lost Mike's Uncle Steve, and the news of this miscarriage came hours before his wake. We were mourning the loss of an uncle and now mourning the loss of a baby. It was hard to process a lot of things, but one was that we would never be able to see these babies' first moments, including the baby's first steps, their first birthday. 
But during this time, we were surrounded with support from family, friends, and the church, and we felt such an outpouring of love, of God's love, and his presence during this time. We were also both surprised, especially by the amount of people who reached out and supported us, um, and ones that had similar experiences of loss. Um, and with all that support, it was still easy for our mind to wander at times. I often asked myself, what did I do wrong? Or sometimes I would say, what didn't I do that I should have done? There was a lot of crying and it seemed to linger on for a while and when I wasn't crying, I felt guilty for not crying. Um, I also felt really bad for all the children in my life, including my niece, my nephew, my son, the kids at Mount Hope, um, my fourth grade um, students that I taught and that they had to process something like this when it was so hard for myself to even process this. And even though we were overcome with emotions, we knew that it was truly God working in our lives, that we never felt bitter with God, and we were able to thank him for what we had and what he had given us. About four months later, we learned that we were pregnant again. This was such wonderful news to us, but that soon changed when we found out a few weeks later that we had lost this baby, so another miscarriage. On top of that, we were told this news on what would have been the due date of Miles. Why did this happen, and why would God allow this news to be delivered on the day that we were already dreading? We didn't know what the next steps would be, but thankfully we were able to get pregnant again a little over a year later. While it was considered high risk, everything with the pregnancy looked good, and we, were found, out that we, we found out that we were expecting another boy. So fast forward some time to October 30th, just about one month ago. Melissa was 34 weeks pregnant. I was at home feeding Maddox dinner and getting ready for a meeting at church. When I received this call from Melissa, she was driving home from work. Her voice sounded calm, but when she said, I don't think you can go to your meeting tonight, I knew something was wrong. She was bleeding and thought that perhaps her water had broke. I immediately told her to continue driving to the hospital and that I would meet her there. I left Maddox with his uncle Mike and raced to meet Melissa at the hospital. As I drove with a million things running through my mind, I made a deal with God. I told God that if he would protect our baby, I would share at the Thanksgiving Eve service. <laughs> Boy. Boy, did that backfire. As soon as she pulled up, I could tell the seriousness of the situation. We were met by a team of two doctors and eight to 10 nurses. They instantly checked the baby's heartbeat and it sounded normal. However, in a matter of seconds, the heart rate dropped and they told us Melissa needed to have an emergency C-section. All I remember at this moment was Melissa telling me everything was going to be okay. Barely any time passed and they came out and said that our baby was healthy, but they were still finishing up with Melissa's procedure. Moments later, the doctor explained to me that Melissa had a placenta abruption, something that could be extremely dangerous for the mom and the baby. She informed me that we were extremely lucky we got to the hospital when we did, as they don't believe the baby would have survived if we were five minutes later. After five nights in the hospital for Melissa and 17 days in the NICU for Matthew, both came home healthy on November 16th, and we were able to spend our first night together as a family of four, something that seemed impossible four weeks ago. So when we experience trials, it's really easy, I think, to ask, where is God in all of this? 
And over the last couple of years, Mike and I have asked this question many times, but now we feel like we have an answer to that question. We can say with confidence that God was with us in all of this. We felt God's presence in many ways, and we felt that it was evident in a number of ways. First thing is, we can't help but reflect on the dates. Losing Miles on our Uncle Steve's wake, losing another baby on uh, Miles' due date, and having Matthew born on the second anniversary of Steve's passing. It's amazing how God brought this new life in the midst of loss. We also felt that God orchestrated many events the night that Matthew was born. My brother had just flown in and was able to stay with Maddox so Mike could head right to the hospital. The timing of the abruption and Mike telling me to head right to the hospital even though I thought I should go home first. And the general surgeon being available to remove a large cyst at the same time so I didn't need to have two surgeries. Through it all, we both feel that we became closer to one another and to God. We appreciated what God had given us even more. It made us learn patience and to trust in God, even if his plan didn't make sense to us in the moment. And one big thing, it also helped, uh, forced us to, instead of asking why all the time, to ask God, what are you trying to teach us through this? And finally, our eyes were open to the needs and experiences of people around us. In hindsight, it is impossible for us to look at our experiences and not see how God was at work. And tonight, if you're going through something difficult and wondering where God is, we want to encourage you that he is with you and he is at work. We have a lot to be thankful for this Thanksgiving, including our sons, Mac Maddox and Matthew. Matthew means gift from God, and he has truly lived up to that name.